When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. I'm from Michigan, right? We're, we're just kind of straight about what's going on. And I, I think people can feel and see spin, and I don't think they like it. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds city. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. Seems like maybe it's a small issue. It's a big issue. You need to get to go. I need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. New Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program Still a lot of fallout from Biden's trip to the uh, the kingdom, uh, the pariah nation, as he called it, meeting the murderer of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. And we know what's happening here. The Democrats, for some reason, have made a determination that domestic energy production is bad, but it's OK to deal with Russia, Iran, Venezuela the Saudis and OPEC nations, none of these countries particularly like us. None of them have been particularly loyal to us. Biden, for example, you know, is is trying to make the case that giving the mullahs in Iran like they did with the first Iranian deal, you know, billions of dollars in cash and other currencies and giving them uh, the ability to spin their centrifuges uh, with 
the ability in, at the end of 2025 to even make a nuclear weapon. And somehow he thought that was a good deal. But he thinks Donald Trump made a mistake when he pulled out of this idiotic Iranian deal that that was making Iran rich, like he like Western Europe's been making Putin and Russia rich. Listen. You know, most of Israelis are opposed to return to the Iran deal, um, and American partners in the region seem skeptical. May I ask you, or many Israelis wonder why you're determined to return to the deal? Because the only thing worse than the Iran that exists now is Iran with nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And if we can return to the deal and hold them tight, I think it was a gigantic mistake for the last president to get out of the deal. They're closer to a nuclear weapon now than they were before. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, whether or not the uh, um, the Quds Force is uh, going to stop or they're going to continue to be engaged in activities. We can act against them mm-hmm. and still have a deal where they curtail their nuclear program. Mm-hmm. And so I still think it makes sense. We've laid out on the table. We've made the deal. We've offered it. And it's up to Iran now. It's up to Iran now. So now Iranian mullahs that chant death to America, death to Israel, he wants to do a deal with. And then admitting and confirming that he got on his hands and knees kissing the ring and ass of the uh, murderer of, according to Joe Biden, of Jamal Khashoggi. Listen to this. Confirming he's asking for them to increase energy supplies. And we have hundreds of years worth of it right here in this country. Listen. We had a good discussion on ensuring global energy security and adequate oil supplies to support global economic growth. And that will begin shortly. I'm, and, uh, and I'm doing all I can to increase the supply for the United States of America, which I expect to happen. The Saudis share that urgency. And based on our discussions today, I expect we'll see further steps in the coming weeks. Okay, and no wonder why Biden's approval rating on the economy is in the teens or 20s. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas joins us now. Senator, maybe you can explain this to me. If the argument for not producing oil, gas, and coal domestically is that it's bad for Mother Earth, uh, how is it okay to, to import oil from other countries like we had been from Russia, and even last year a million barrels of oil from Iran, uh, why is he sending emissaries to Venezuela and why is he meeting with the the you know, pariah nation of Saudi Arabia and begging OPEC every other day? <laughs> Sean, it's good to be honest with you, but I think you're going to, have to find someone smarter than I am to explain that to you. Well, you I'm, went to Harvard, I, not me. I'm, so I'm just just, just say <laughs> um, it is uh, mystifying while Joe Biden and all these Democrats are perfectly a OK with oil coming from Iran and Venezuela, which I would add, by the way, have oil and gas industries that are much less environmentally friendly than ours. Um, they'll go begging hat in hand to those countries, but they won't go to Arkansas and Louisiana and Texas and North Dakota to get more oil. Or, or for that matter, why they look down their nose at American coal miners and roughnecks, but turn a blind eye to Chinese slaves making their solar panels or African child laborers digging the minerals for their electric cars. It's like they think that if the oil is produced out of sight and out of mind, that somehow it doesn't contribute to their feared greenhouse gas emissions. But of course, that's not the case. And my biggest problem with Joe Biden going overseas is that no American president should have to go overseas to ask anyone for oil and gas, certainly not Iran and Venezuela, but not even close friends like Canada and Norway. We've been blessed with those resources here in America. We should produce them in America. Well, we should, but but the Keystone XL pipeline is a case in point. If we're going to import some energy from abroad, 
uh, which wasn't necessary by the time Donald Trump left office. We were energy independent and a net exporter of energy. But uh, the Alberta premier has been very clear that had we continued building the Keystone XL pipeline, it would have been done now a long time ago. And we would be importing 900,000 barrels of Canadian oil every day. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of of Justin Trudeau, but Canada is not a, a hostile regime towards us. It's a friendly nation. We, we have good relationship with them. Uh, if we're going to import energy from anywhere else, that would be the first place I'd look, or Mexico would be another place. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean, you're right that if you expand the horizon from not just the United States, but to North America, I mean, we are not just energy independent as a continent, but we dominate the world markets. Um, but it starts with producing more oil and gas at home. The Keystone Pipeline is a good example of that. That that was a pipeline that should have built long ago, but it's far from the only pipeline we need. We also need things like liquefied natural gas export facilities so we can sell our abundance of gas, for instance, to countries like Germany that need new gas supplies. We need to have more leases and permits on federal lands and federal waters. There's no single thing we can do to help save our oil and gas industry in America because there's no single weapon the Democrats have used against it. It's been slow strangulation, but we have to get their hands off the neck of America's oil and gas producers so they can start once again, producing the resources that we need to fuel our cars and to fuel our tractors and to heat our homes. We can do that, just like we did uh, during the last administration. We're still paying twice what we paid when he first came into office. And they're saying, well, gas prices have come down. So once it was kind of acknowledged that Saudi Arabia was kind of lukewarm at best to any idea of increasing production, and, and if you go back to the G7, it was President Macron that said to Biden, OPEC and, and Saudi Arabia are kind of tapped out in terms of their production capabilities anyway. And that's kind of the message that Joe got. Well, then, you know, the price of a barrel of oil, you know, went up dramatically in the last two days. Yeah, isn't it amazing, Sean, that these Democrats are now celebrating the fact that gas prices have gone down by 40 or 50 cents in some places after they drove them up by more than $3. I mean, when Joe Biden took office, gas was barely 250 in most places in America. And it had been a lot lower than that for much of the Trump administration. And it could be that low again uh, if the Democrats should stop their ideological war against the fossil fuel industry. You know, look at it from every perspective, from a national security perspective, I think it's much better for the United States if we're the masters of our own destiny. In other words, it, it shouldn't matter what happens in the Straits of Hormuz and whatever games the Iranians might be playing on any given day. We shouldn't have to worry about the Saudis loving us. I don't care if the Saudis like us or not. I'm not particularly that fond of them or OPEC nations that have held, you know, put a gun to our head on multiple occasions over the many decades. To me, all of this is just ridiculous when you consider, and you made the point, we do it faster, we do it cheaper, and we do it cleaner than anybody else. So it's good for national security. It creates high-paying jobs for Americans. These are career jobs for American citizens. Uh, it would do a lot to lower the inflation uh, issue that has been plaguing, you know, especially the poor, the middle class, and people on fixed incomes. Uh, it, it, and then we could even produce extra natural gas and provide our Western European allies, and that would increase their national security. Uh, All extraordinarily compelling reasons why we should be producing as much oil and gas and coal as we can. And in particular, that inflation point, Sean, I just want to stress that. 
for your listeners, energy inflation is the worst kind of inflation because it drives all other kinds. I mean, people know that you know they're paying you know sometimes almost double what they used to pay for just a carton of eggs and everything else in the grocery store. A lot of that is from the rise in energy prices. Just look at your typical Arkansas farmer. They use a lot of natural ga- they use a lot of natural gas and their fertilizers and their pesticides. They use diesel for their tractors and their farm equipment. Diesel fuels the trucks that take their products crops to market and then get it to the grocery stores. And then the grocery stores use electricity to run the lights and run the freezers and run the refrigerators. All of that feeds into the price of eggs, the price of chicken, the price of pork, the price of bread. That's why there's so much inflation throughout our economy. It all gets back at root to energy inflation, which again, it's not an accident. It's not a mishap of democratic policy. This is what they wanted. Joe Biden promised in the campaign that he would eliminate fossil fuels. This is exactly what they wanted to do to the American people your name comes up a lot when the when the discussion goes towards who would might potentially be presidential you know may have presidential ambitions or may one day consider running for president have you ever thought about it <laughs> well i appreciate the question uh sean no, but, no uh, you really don't appro- <laughs> to be honest you don't appreciate the question no, you're gonna okay. duck and dodge like everybody else that i asked the question will, to which I, by the way i don't blame you i'm I just saying say this whether whether it's you asking me or my <laughs> friends in arkansas encouraging me it, it's flattering uh that you would even consider uh the possibility but uh, I had a drill sergeant in basic training, and any time we did basic rifle marksmanship, he'd always remind us, private, focus on the 25-meter target. There are 300-meter targets out there, but you can uh, reach those in the distance once you hit the 25-meter target. Right now, the 25-meter target is going to be stopping the last gasp of the Biden agenda in Congress and then winning back the Congress in November so we can put the brakes on it irreversibly. And I'll focus on those more distant targets. once. All right, so then let me ask you about it, because I think the House is going to be a little easier than the Senate, but you got every bellwether state up 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 or uh, in play this election season i think marco rubio will win in florida i'm pretty confident about that uh herschel walker is going to have a tight run against Raphael warnock in georgia but i think he can win that race um i know tim scott will win his race in south carolina north carolina i think is a very winnable race ron johnson i'm confident will get the support of the people of wisconsin by the way, they're throwing tens of millions of dollars to destroy him in, in Wisconsin, so we got to pay attention to it. Uh, we've got Ohio in play. we got Dr. Oz in, in Pennsylvania, Vance in Ohio. We don't know who the nominee will be in Missouri. Uh, then we've got Nevada. Then we got Arizona. Then we got Lisa Murkowski being primaried by Chewbacca. Uh, and then maybe we can look at Colorado and Washington State even. Yeah, so, Sean, uh, you laid it out pretty well. I'm confident that every Republican is running for re-election, and you mentioned a lot of them, like Ron Johnson, like Marco Rubio, like Tim Scott, will win and win handily. Now, we do have some seats that we have to defend, but we've got great nominees already in those uh, those seats. You mentioned uh, Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Uh, we got Ted Budd in North Carolina. We've got J.D. Vance in Ohio. These are all capable candidates who are going to hold on to Republican seats. And then we got a lot of pickup opportunities. Adam Laxalt is already our nominee out in Nevada. He's going to beat Kathy Cortez Masto. Herschel Walker is going to beat Raphael Warnock. We're still waiting for our primaries to finish in New Hampshire and Arizona, but I think those are great opportunities as well. And then a couple sleeper races you mentioned uh, is Joe O'Day in Colorado against Michael Bennett, and especially uh, Tiffany Smiley up in Washington State. Tiffany and her husband have a great story. Uh, He was blinded in Iraq a year before I was there. She quit her job. She moved to Walter Reed. She cared for him. She fought back against the Army bureaucracy, which wanted to uh, medically retire him. He went on to serve 10 years as 
the only active duty officer in the Army who is blind. They've become great advocates uh, for America's veterans, and now she's going to replace Patty Murray in the United States Senate. So I, I think we're going to win the House in a landslide, and I think we're going to all these Senate races in the end are going to break our way. It's just that Senate races always take a little bit longer to develop, and they usually don't break until Labor Day or a little bit after that. Quick break. More with Senator Tom Cotton, the great state of Arkansas. Then your call's coming up. All right, more with Senator Tom Cotton. The great state of Arkansas is with us. Let's talk about your role. Are you planning on campaigning for a lot of these candidates? Yeah, I am, uh, uh, Sean. I've already been in a few places campaigning for folks uh, who are already uh, our nominees or who are incumbents like Chuck Grassley in Iowa last week. I'm going to be up in New Hampshire. By the way, Chuck Grassley doesn't need your help. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Grassley is going to get on his bus and go to every county in Iowa the way he has for you know, however many years in the Senate, and he's going to win. He's, the, he's the, probably the hardest working man in the Senate. I've been out to Nevada already for Adam Laxall. I expect to go back. He's a great candidate. Adam, I like him a lot. Adam is a great yeah. candidate. I'm going to be down in uh, North Carolina in a few weeks for Ted Budd, who's going to be a very strong senator He's as a well. strong candidate, too. Yeah. I agree. And then it's, when, some of these, um, when some of these other states are settled, like Arizona and like New Hampshire, I also expect to be campaigning there. So I'm looking forward to hitting the trail. Uh, later this year. The, the only thing more fun than campaigning for oneself is campaigning for other people. <laughs> well, there's a little less pressure. <laughs> you, you, have, you, you don't have to worry as much, although you're putting your, your, your own credibility on the line. You know, I, I will say that I think we have a great slate of candidates. And as the people, for example, you mentioned pickups, we have a pickup opportunity in Georgia. I would love to see Herschel win. And I mean, the media has turned on him in such a vile and vicious way. And meanwhile, they're ignoring all these horrible stories about Warnock and his family. And it's, it's so frustrating to me. Well, it's true that Raphael Warnock is something of a checkered past as well, and the Democratic media doesn't want to address that while they pile on Herschel Walker. But more fundamentally, here's what's true, Sean, is that a vote for Raphael Warnock is a vote for Joe Biden and $5 a gallon gas and rampant crime in our cities and an open border in crisis. Herschel Walker will vote against all of those things. He will vote to put the brakes on the Biden agenda, and that's exactly what I think the uh, people of Georgia want from their next senator. We definitely need some unity in Georgia. There's been too much uh, battle within the ranks of, for my liking. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton, always love having you. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Great to be on with you. Quick break. Right back. Holding them accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here at a second. 800-941-SEAN. The RNC out with another Biden video. I, look, I've made the point over and over again. This guy is not fit mentally, cognitively. He's not strong enough. He's struggling mightily. And he really he really does not belong being the president. And if we had a Democratic Party with any sense of decency and honor, forget about the politics of it. Forget about how bad it is to have a weak American president like Joe and, and somebody that's so cognitively screwed up um, on a personal level. It's like, where are the people around this guy? 
Is there not anybody that cares at all about him? You know, at some point I'm looking at this and I'm saying, there's nobody in my life that if I cared about them, would I allow them and force them and push them every day into doing something they clearly are not capable of doing? And this is the latest RNC ad. The best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway from from Char uh, uh, excuse me from Charlotte one uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa of uh, Putin's kleptocracy uh, uh, yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot. The idea that um, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons: one, to we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. Let me say it another way. But the nature, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. a solid meeting mm -hmm. with um, with, uh, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states mm -hmm. that are affected. Here's what mm -hmm. you can do, the drivers. We want to expand pre-K for three and four-year-olds, mm. millions of pre-K. Um, it's not funny. I, I mean, I was laughing about this for a long time, and then I, I kind of realized, okay, this isn't funny anymore. Then, of course, there's, you know, the one with the music behind it, my favorite. Listen. The political coverage. The, that, look. Some of the political players and some of the. Uh, let me ask a rhetorical question. No, I won't. Anyway. We don't make this up, and I can go on. We had one on Friday. No one ever wondered what I mean, that I mean what I say. The question is uh, I sometimes say all what I mean. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, listen. Why you're all so surprised the way I react. No one's ever wondered what I mean what I say. The question is I sometimes say all that I mean. Uh, can't make it up. Barbara's in Maryland. Hey, Barbara, how are you? Thanks for checking in. Happy Monday. Hello, Sean, and thanks for taking my call. How Thank are you, you for calling. You sound great. You sound great. I've got things to tell you, but the first thing I just want to, first of all, I've got to address. You sound, by the way, you sound like Linda. First of all, first of all. Let's talk about it. Go ahead. Like Linda. I lost my New York <laughs> accent a long time ago. <laughs> Good but for I you. I just want to say this. <laughs> well, anyway, I just uh, I have to address the woman that called in on Friday. I was listening, and I threw my Obama brick at the radio when uh, she called you divisive. And I just want to address people who listen to you sporadically or just enough to get enough for talking points. They don't know you. See, they don't know you like I know you. Because, see, I know when Tavares didn't have uh, a career, I know you You spent your money, sent him to school for driving a truck, and I bet he's making six figures now because of you. 
I'm very proud. We're very proud of Tavares. But but you know what was funny about that caller, Barbara? She calls in and she said, I just happened to catch a couple of minutes of your show yesterday. That just happened. And meanwhile, then she makes all of these accusations with me. And I'm like, you didn't just catch a couple of minutes. You just hate everything I say and you listen every day. Absolutely. And that's what I had to so that I have an Obama grit. Remember when they were popular? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. It's foam. <laughs> it's it's foam. You throw it at the but TV. I, Shut up. I don't want to hear anymore. Yes, that's the one. Well, anyway, I just wanted to say uh, they don't know you. Uh, they don't know Velma and uh, the adopted kids when they were babies. You helped her with the And they are now teenagers. And you still communicate with them how they're doing. That's Sean Hannity that a lot of people don't know, and I'm sure there's much more that you do, not to even overlook the nice Nintendo DS that you sent my, my grandson for Christmas uh, when I couldn't afford it, and I appreciate you, but when somebody beats up on you, I feel like they're beating up on me, so I just had to get that out. Well, you're very kind. Rundown. It, listen, it's, it goes with the territory. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like how many more of my private text messages are going to be released? Most of it out of context half the time, but it doesn't matter. You know, Barbara, I'm blessed to do this. It's my pleasure. And you give me that opportunity every day. And I understand that there are people that don't like to hear the truth. For example, just me playing Joe Biden struggling the way he is. And we, oh, we we were doing this in the campaign. I was warning everybody before he became president, warning everybody. He's saying he's going to eliminate all energy independence in this country. He's saying it and nobody would pay attention. By the way, how is your grandson doing? Oh, he's got his first job. He's got his he, first job. He's so excited. He washed his shirts yesterday and yeah. uh, he got his first paycheck on Thursday. So I'm very proud of him. He wants to buy an electric bicycle. I'm a bit afraid about it because I think somebody might, um, this is Baltimore, and an electric bike is, you know, for a kid who's just driving, riding around, that's a big target for somebody to really uh, hurt him to take it. So um, we're having a discussion about that. But I well, what's the difference if he has an electric bicycle versus a regular bicycle? It doesn't go that fast, right? It's not about the speed of it, but it's something that somebody could take itself, beat him up for it. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd rather he get a good mountain bike. That'd be fine, too. But an electric bike is a target. That's just like somebody. How, how old is your grandson now? He's 16. I'll tell you what we'll He's do. 16. You decide what bike you want him to have, and I'll buy him the bike, whichever one he wants. Okay? What? Yeah, well, I'd love to do it. It's my pleasure. You're a wonderful, kind, longtime listener. You make my life possible. It's just my oh way my of God. saying thank you. So I'll put you on well, hold. You know, so I, you you and your grandson, you sit your grandson down and say, "All right, what bike do you want?" You guys come to an agreement, and we'll get it for you. I appreciate that, but you didn't let me tell you what's going on in the primary, Sean. Uh, okay, well, tell me what's <laughs> going on in the primary. <laughs> this is this is real important because uh, something that just came up that nobody really thought about. We have uh, someone who was a liaison in the Obama administration for the entire time of the administration. Which means to me, I'm a Tea Party person. I was on that Tea Party march in 2010. That tells me that that person knew everything that was going on. And I remember how Tea Party, uh, the, the, the organizations, the IRS, um, uh, harassed, uh, persecuted, and right on through uh, the Obama administration, all of this happened, and on into uh, the Trump administration with the surveillance and the wiretapping. And the person who is uh, in a, this is a liaison. I'm talking higher ranking with Clapper and John Brennan 
and is now running for Congress in District 2. And it just hit me that a liaison is not just an employee. A liaison is close personal relationships in an organization with all of the workings, which means that person knew about everything that was going on and is now running as a Republican in District 2 in Maryland. And I'm very concerned about that because I don't believe Zebras changed their stripes. They might change their party. But when you're talking about work, if there was ever a time to resign. All right. So last question. Who are you? Who are you supporting? Dave Wallace. That's the that's the Tea Party guy. I met him in 2010 marching on D.C. Dave Wallace. Well, that means he's been around a while. I don't know him, but uh, I trust you. Barbara, stay on hold. We love you. Best to your grandson. Tell him we send our regards. Quick break right back to the phones. Toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Back to our phones. Leslie in California. Leslie, how are you? I see your uh, governor wants to be president. It couldn't be any Uh, more obvious, could it? Oh, my gosh, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Um, We need you. I need you and your voice here in California. It's really scary what's going on out here. And let me ask you a question. Is there any way? uh, How do you guys make your living out there? And can you do it in Texas or some other state? Well, I, okay. So good question. So my, my husband is a firefighter in Berkeley, California. Um, I'm home with our four kids, our four children, and he has a very good paying job. He's amazing. He's a hard worker. He works, you know, he's a first responder. He's amazing. Um, we currently with the whole vaccine mandate and all of that almost had to he almost had to quit his job because they were holding that against him because we, our personal choice was to not get it. I grew up born and raised here in California. The weather, that's the only reason I would say is the weather. Other, other than that, I'm out. Well, the weather in Florida but, is just as good. Exactly. Exactly. Believe me. But for some reason right now, and as a Bible believing Christian, I believe God has us here for a reason, for some reason. Well, I'm not going to argue with God because that's not yeah. going to get me very far. And uh, I'm a little too, <laughs> you know, uh, if God's telling you for whatever reason to do something, my advice is always listen to God. Don't listen to a radio talk show host over yeah, God. Well, we're not in the, we're not anywhere near the same category. <laughs> um, I'm just a, a mere speck of dust in God's mind. So I would just say that, you know, think about it, pray about it, you know, and see maybe maybe your heart will change and and follow your gut. One thing that I've always done in my life that has served me well is and so many people are afraid of change. I've never been afraid of change. I've never been afraid to looked down, you know, from the high board and said, oh, what the hell, I'll, you know, I'll I'll jump. And, mm-hmm. you know, it ended up being a great life experience for me, having lived, grown up in Long Island, lived five years in Rhode Island, five years in California, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. south of you in Santa Barbara. Uh, I was the poorest person there. Uh, two <laughs> years in, in Huntsville, Alabama, four years in Atlanta. And then, you know, back to New York when I got hired before Fox went on the air and for me, it was an adventure. And I've always been kind of like a, I've always had an independent streak and a bit of a loner and a loser. So it's it worked out perfectly for my personality. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I'm right there with you. I could easily. You're a loner and a loser like me. Is that well, what you're saying? <laughs> well, hey, I mean, maybe. But no, I, I'm down for adventure. I'm ready. I could pick up and leave and move anywhere. You know, but we're a team here and 
you know, he's the sole provider of our family. There's fear in that to just pick There's up always going to be fear. But if he got, for is. example, if he got hired and he got a really good job opportunity elsewhere, once you start looking, then you can start talking. You know, exactly. in other words, well, we if you look and there's there's job availabilities and somebody with obviously with his background, experience, qualifications, work ethic, I mean, yeah. the opportunity might, you know, be right there for you. And then, you you know, you, as a family, you make a decision, you, you say your prayers and you see what your gut is telling you to do. And, you know, I'm a big believer that you follow your heart, follow your gut, follow your instincts. Oh, exactly. I, I mean, we bought a house in Tennessee last September. We were ready to up and move. Wow. And then this, this was during his the waiting around the waiting game when by we the way were, that house in tennessee is probably worth double what you paid for it. exactly it is i am sure i mean our best friends have moved out there so many people i mean so many people we know and love have already jumped ship for some reason we're here but uh i just i just want to say this i i appreciate you so much having me on the show i i we for some reason I'm here in California. Your advice is great. I'm ready to go at any moment. For some reason we're here. So as far as talking about how things are going to change, I mean we've got our idiot governor trying to actually make a run for president. I this is my question: Is the invincibility with this far left agenda that's going on right now? I'm going. No, back to, it's not. It's not inevitable. It is definitely something we can defeat and push back. We have to win. We have to win the political battle. That's for the minds and hearts of people. It's not that hard to sell right now when gas prices are double what they were, when inflation's at a 41-year high, when we have open borders, when we have a president that's kissing the backsides of, of dictators. It's not that hard uh, 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 a sell for most people that have any common sense and most people vote on bread and butter issues, their life, their economy. Two-thirds of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. My last bit of advice, have an open mind, pray with your family, and, and hopefully you'll get clarity on what you should do, okay? Whatever you do is, you know, follow your gut. Thing though, sir? Hang in there. Is, no. I, I got I to roll in because of the constraints of time. But, Leslie, I wish you the best. Update us when you make a decision, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN, our number. Quick break, right back. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I wanna confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.